I'm Paul Moore here with Herman Eben, and you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Thank you, Herman. And we're joined in the studio with a friend of the program Mm -hmm. that's got some issues with the conversation we've been having on freedom and emotion. Mm. Paul, Herman, thank you guys for helping me out with this. So speaking about emotions, uh, my family always jokes that I'm a very emotional person. And, you know, they always say if you can think of a scale one to ten, you know, if I'm not in between a three and a seven, I'm crying. (laughs) (laughs) And I always joke that I'm not emotional. I'm more so passionate. But um, I guess I've just been always told that I was emotional. So I kind of always think, oh, that's how I am. Okay. And so in speaking directly about the last program, my question is, why can't I just be mad? Why can't I just be mad and know that if I go for a jog or go for a walk or I walk away from the situation, I know once I'm done with that activity, when I come back, I'll be fine. That's a good question. Why can't I just be mad for five minutes and I'll come back and be fine? Yeah, well, that's typically what we would be thinking. But let's let's go back to the basics. What do we know about emotions? Are they initiators or are they responders? Uh, Responders. They're always responders because you can't, the way you worded that, uh, I can't just be mad. There is something that has to happen to drive that mad. It has to be my thinking. It has to be a situation that is my, that's happening that my emotions are going to respond to. So if you're needing, so to speak, to run off and go Take yourself away from the situation. I'm not against that. I'm really not. Because here's what happens. When you come back, what's changed? I'm not mad. (laughs) You're not mad. And why is that? Why is it that you were mad and now you're not mad? what's, What's going on there? I've worked it out in my head. And therefore, you have seen that what we're saying is is real. How I'm thinking is driving my emotions. And so, yeah, that may be the way that you deal with slowing your emotions down so that they don't show themselves in the wrong way. I just I just need to be mad for a while. Well, that would be bad thinking. Now, if I if I were actually thinking that way, well, I just need to be mad for five seconds or five minutes or five hours or five days. I just need to do that. That's your brain telling you that that's the way it needs to be. Why can't you say, I don't need that? I mean, you could do that too, right? (laughs) Right. I just, I guess what I struggle with is at that point, it gets me to the point where I'm so angry or so mad, it feels right to just be mad. Yeah. And that would be your development, your thinking up to this point in life to get you to that place to go, this is the way it's supposed to be. Okay, but maybe she's got a short fuse. I don't. I'm just instant. Yeah. And the, <laughs> Add water and I'm there. But it's, it's, the, it's the same issue. The same issue. What you have developed is part of your thinking, and your thinking is driving the way your emotions are going to respond. If you want to change this, you need to just simply change your thinking. You need to change your value system. Now my value system is I don't need to be mad. I just want to make certain that my emotions are not showing up improperly. That's what I want to make certain of. I can actually control those quicker. I don't need to go for a run. I could actually control them within a short period of time because I'm going to change my thinking about this. That is not done easily. 
but that is how it's going to work. Here's where we need to go. We hadn't even done this yet. <laughs> Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity. Once again, share your word, share your truth, and I pray that we are speaking your truth. Uh, if we aren't speaking your truth, I pray that you'll correct us and give uh, the right thinking to the people that are listening. In your precious name, amen. Hallelujah. That's going to be a response. <laughs> I start queuing up with anger, and all of a sudden I just start praying. People are going to go, uh-oh. <laughs> well, let's go back and visit and make certain that people understand. We talked about this last time, the face, body, speak, or face, body, breathe. That is what is part and parcel of this whole question, why can't I just be mad? And the issue is that is going to happen to you from time to time when you have bad thinking. And your development is going to drive you into allowing your emotions to be used improperly. Change your thinking. And the way you change your thinking is take some serious inventory of how you're thinking and start acting differently. So, so what happens with us if you decided, you know what, that's no longer the way I'm going to be, and you run up against the next situation that your emotions are starting to flare, you therefore are preparing your mind to act differently. So here you run up into this situation, and in, in the past you normally would have just gone... Okay, I just need to go for a run, and then I'll probably be able to be better when I come back. You could actually talk to yourself and say, you know what? If this happens again, I am not going to go for a run. I am going to simply think about living good values. But Herman, I've done that, and I'm okay for a couple of minutes, and then all of a sudden I find myself in a place where I'm saying, I should have gone for that walk. Please don't misconstrue this. I'm not against the run. I'm not against the walk. If that's the way that you are able to not let your emotions rule, I'm for it. All I'm trying to tell you is you don't have to do it that way. There are plenty of other ways that you can do it because it all originates with the mind. It all originates with the thinking. We think it's an emotions issue. It's not an emotions issue. It's a thinking issue. If it were an emotions issue, God would have told us in his word, you've got to watch your emotions. He always tells us to watch our thinking. That's what the deal is. That's how he is asking us to consider this. So all I'm telling you is if that works for you, I'm not against it. I am also telling you, you don't have to do it that way, though. Okay, well, last time you had mentioned Philippians 4.8, right? So my question would be this. Modern psychology does not reference Philippians 4.8. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> None of these anger management courses reference Philippians 4.8. Right. Are they wrong? Well, they are going to unfortunately be in the wrong uh, wrong frame because most of their issues are trying to uh, get the me uh, to to actually have some significance if i can say it that way uh, let, let me kind of deflect that for a second and go back to this uh, emotions issue going for a run if i if i simply consider okay now am i the audience here Am I the one that is uh, upset? Is my me flashing right now? Am I getting ready to have my me flash? That is a way that you end up changing your thinking again. Because now if you change your thinking, then you're going to be able to utilize your emotions differently at that point in time. So again, what we, what we need to consider here is all of the, the typical psychology, the way psychology works is they're trying to get you to have some benefit for yourself. I'm basically saying 
No, that isn't what we're really trying to do. We're really trying to pursue the best for others. That's what we're really trying to do. And you'll get the maximum benefit back yourself if you really think of it that way. So I really want you to be thinking about how can I actually benefit others and stop flashing my me because too often my emotions end up driving me in the wrong direction. Well, part of me also thinks that me going for a run or going for a walk is also a diversion, though, in a sense. Well, it is. It is. And notice, uh, keep, keep the simplicity in your mind. The simplicity is you have decided that you aren't, which is outstanding. This is outstanding. You have decided your emotions are not going to be the leader here. They're not going to be the thing. You have decided to put an action in front of that to bring your emotions back in check. Love that. That's exactly what we want to have happen. We'll deal with that after the break a little bit more. Well, there you go, and I thank you, Herman. So here we are talking about how to take the stress out of our relationships by making them great. Find us and like us on Facebook. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. If you use your past for illumination, your future is bright. If you use your past for contamination, your future is bleak. Virginia Satir. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about Grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now, I did my part. And you're listening to Great Relationships. We're back. Herman, before the break, you were talking about face, body, speak, face, body, breathe. We talked about that in the actual last program. We really didn't repeat it very much, but Steph has a great illustration here that is somewhat of a, an example of how this happens. So based on everything we talked about, Steph, what would your takeaway be from what we just got through talking about? I guess I would say that in listening to how you've kind of laid it out, it's okay if I do decide to go for a run or go for a walk or walk away or whatever I end up doing, but my values have to be in check. Your values have to be in check. And what you're actually learning here, hopefully, is that you're learning the why behind the what. 
you know that going out and, and taking a run helps you, but why? And you know some of those things. What are some of those things that, that you've experienced? If you're feeling down or un, unhappy, or, and I do go for a run, um, you know, everybody talks about the endorphins. Mm-hmm. You get the endorphins on the run and you do feel better. Right. And those endorphins, if we want to think of it medically, which I'm no, you nowhere close to being an expert in that area, are helping you think differently. See, that's, that's the underlying principle that you may not have been thinking about or even had uh, uh, some, any, any thoughts about. All you knew is that, hmm, you know, people tell me I'm an emotional person. I am an emotional person. Uh, if I'm so emotional, I need to be, be careful here and not use those emotions improperly. Got to have good values because if I have good values, then that's going to help keep those emotions in check. See, you, you were doing all the right things. You just didn't know why. It was working that way. So I've got this checklist, right? I can go for a run. I can go for a walk. I can count to 10. All these different Any of those things But what work. you're saying, what's really going on is it's opening a door to change my thinking. Bingo. You are slowing your emotions down. You're putting a time, time frame between my response and my emotions. That's what you're doing. You know, in a scenario where I can go for a run or I can go for a walk, we talked about it right before the break using that as a crutch because I know it works because I know it's going to get my mind onto that thinking. But if I'm in a work environment or in, you know, at the mall or at a movie theater and something happens. Just get up and start jogging. That's what. (laughs) Right. I'm not going to be able to jog in some of these situations. And so I, I think that's another area where I struggle with this. And I don't really know where to go because I have used the physical exercise as the crutch. And that's the point that I'm trying to make here. Now, hopefully, you're seeing that, oh, there is a principle that underlies this. Oh, so there's multiple ways that I can use the principle. That's what great relationships is all about, teaching principles rather than step one, step two, step three. We do lots of step one, step two, step threes, but we're more interested in teaching principles, because principles can be broadly applied. Tasks and tactics can be narrowly applied. You're, you're approaching this with a tactic. Okay, now what do I do? Oh my gosh, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in a theater and I'm about ready to lose it. I want a manual. I want a book. I want to turn to page five and know what to do. And Most that's natural. We that, all want checklists. Totally agree with that. Totally agree. And here agree. you're trying to give us principles for living. That's right. If you can understand the, the underlying principle of all this, the underlying principle, and that's the reason why God speaks to specifics. He doesn't ask us to change our emotions, but he does ask us to change our thinking. And that is the whole context of the entire Bible, to get our thinking changed. Okay, you're hurting my head. I have been in church many, many times and heard from the pulpit to control my emotions. No one's ever said, change your thinking. Yeah. I mean, just, so I'm really not in touch with the Word of God because it keeps saying to change my thinking. Philippians 4, 8, I'm thinking of... Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, that's exactly right. There's multiple places. Some people argue against that and say, well, what about those times that are talking about the heart? Well, that's talking about, it's not the concept of emotions. It's talking about your innermost being, what you are inside. And that's the reason why what Steph is saying is very important. Got to pay attention to what I value, because what I value is going to end up coming out at some point through how I'm thinking, how I'm acting, how I'm emoting. That's how it's typically going to show up. Okay. What about this very toxic scenario? What if I'm a stuffer 
or the person I'm upset with is a stuffer. Right. So now we're not dealing with the anger. We're not dealing with, for lack of a better term, the offense at all. And I'm either too dumb or they're too dumb to let it go. Yep. Now what do I do? Well, it's it's so common that uh, people are typically in one of those two camps, right? They're either very aggressive or they're very passive. That's the typical psychological speech. I like the way that uh, Dr. Marlon Howe talked about it. We're either submarines or destroyers. You're like that being in the Navy, right? <laughs> being a submariner yourself. I do, I do. The uh, the issue is you are on a submarine, but you are a destroyer. <laughs> I is, I am, I are. <laughs> I was. It's funny, you know, all that time on a submarine, but I am a destroyer. I yeah, just want to blow everything and, up. And that's the point. Some people, the way you're talking about that, that, that would be the situation where we have two submarines that are fighting each other and they're they're very stealthy and you don't really know where the other one is until they get a beat on you and they fire a torpedo at you and it comes out of out of nowhere well there are people that tend to be very very passive and don't want to speak about these things but typically what you're going to find in a relationship you often find a submarine you find a destroyer you know my wife is a destroyer i'm the submarine you know i'm going to i'm going to get a, a up periscope and try to find out what the range is there and I'm going to fire a torpedo at her and she's going to not know where it came from. You know? Horizontal salvo, <laughs> match bearings and That's shoot. right. Uh, and she's out there going, you know, where'd that come from? Start throwing out all these depth charges. <laughs> so which are you? But we at? do that, don't we? When we don't understand where the attack came from, we just start flinging depth charges, that's right. and that's where we start snipping at everybody. And this goes back to the issue that uh, Steph is talking about. I'm and, a destroyer, by the way. Yeah, I, I totally <laughs> understand that. Totally understand that. Go, and Steph. And that's the reason why what you would be dealing with there, you, what we say to destroyers is slow down and anchor. And we tell submarines, <laughs> and we tell submarines to surface, but both of you need to stop at some point. But both of you need to get into visual representation. The destroyer needs to be able to see you, and you as a submarine need to see them, and you both both need to start uh, acting differently. Submarines need to speed up the time. Destroyers need to slow down the time. That's how it needs to work. Okay, wait a minute. The destroyer whole thing, right? Slow my emotions down. That works. But you just said a submarine. For a submarine needs to speed up. Yeah. What's that look like? That means they need to consider that speaking about it, bringing it to the surface, so to speak, is actually a good thing rather than hiding it and hoping it goes away. So letting things fester. That's what you mean. Don't let it fester. You need to actually start responding in real time, discussing in real time. And even when you do bring it up, you still need to be careful to not let your emotions lead. All of this, again, the big principle, let's make certain that we repeat the big principle, even the face, body, speak, or face, body, breathe, involves the big principle of changing my thinking. Now think about it this way, face, body, speak. What am I doing? I'm thinking about this to put a smile on my face, to sit up with good posture and to breathe with energy or to speak with energy. I'm thinking about that. That is the change. That's how that works. With Steph, she can decide, you know what, if I'm in a movie theater, I can count to 10 or I can take three deep breaths. All I need to do is slow my emotions down enough so that I can put my values back into play as opposed to my emotions into play. Okay, now you had this saying that said sometimes when we get provoked, 
our pathology will override our theology every time. Yeah, in fact, that's a great statement from Dr. Marlon Howe. You know, anytime stress hits the system, uh, pathology will tend to override theology unless you're committed to deep truth or well, I the asked truth. I because she kept saying about reclaiming our values, cooling down and reclaiming our values. And, and I appreciate that because most of us, because of our development, will feel comfortable with the way we've done it in the past. And it may not have been the right way. There's nothing wrong with what Steph is saying that she's doing. Nothing wrong with that at all. She has found that it works for her. But again, I want to say it's got to be the principle underneath it that, that shows up. With the development issue of when stress hits the system, pathology will override theology every time unless you're committed to a truth. What any of us need to think about is we've become comfortable with the way we do things. We need to be careful about that. It's a little bit of a fear of the unknown type thing, though, too, though. I mean, I feel like if, if this is the way that I start handling this stuff, I'm losing a little piece of what I know. Could be. We'll deal with that after the break, then. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12, 10. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. And we're back. You're listening to Great Relationships, Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, in Love. There are those that say it takes right thinking, right relationships right now, and they're true. Yeah. But we have this fear of the unknown, Staff. Right. You know, talking about the submarines and the destroyers, and I mean, I'm going to call myself a destroyer because I know that's what I am, and asking me to completely slow down. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, because your pathology or your development has totally been different, right? And if, and if I end up doing this different, if I end up causing myself to be looking at life differently, I'm going to be in real trouble because I don't know what that looks like. I have no idea what that looks like. And I don't know what it feels like either. Ah, good point, because <laughs> that's where most people go. They end up trusting their feelings in these type of situations. And what are we telling people? But my feelings it's, are true. I have them. That's exactly right. Well, let me remind you of this common technique that often done with couples when they say they have no feelings for each other. Remember what we say? That's pretty well irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> and the types of looks generate, you've got to be kidding me. And then I go, oh, my goodness, that's wrong. 
It's very relevant because if you don't have feelings for them, that means that you're thinking badly about them and you may be thinking positively about somebody else. Oh my goodness, that's very relevant. Notice what I've done is help them understand how you think is what's driving your feelings. And you become very comfortable with doing it this way. And when you don't feel comfortable about that, doesn't mean that you're not doing it right. That's this whole idea of when stress hits the system, you're going to go back to the way it feels comfortable. You'll get up in the movie theater and start jogging. (laughs) 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 Instead of just deciding to count to 10, you know, this is the way it works. I know this way works. But, you know, I love seeing people sometimes in transition, and I know they're in transition because they'll get some kind of stimuli. It can be a conversation over the radio. It can be a television program, and they'll start squirming. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not sure how to process the stimulus that they're receiving, how it's making them feel. And they're in this transition from how they used to respond to how they want to respond. Yeah, and that's, that's a great place for people to be because that fits everything that we've talked about in Second Peter chapter 1, where you only get transformed if you learn, apply, and serve. If you are learning something, start applying it to yourself, and then you start serving others with what you've learned, then you are in a process of transformation. And and that takes time. But wouldn't it be really cool in a discipleship model? You know, you're talking to your mentor where they ask me, what have you learned about this? Mm -hmm. How are you applying? Mm -hmm. How are you serving? Yeah, that'd be dynamite if you did that. The issue for staff at this point in time is it's going to feel uncomfortable. Uh, Did driving a car from the very beginning feel very comfortable for you? No. Of course it didn't. Anything we learn that's new doesn't normally feel comfortable. I also think, though, in listening to the programs and, you know, right when I think I get a grasp on it, trying to do it on myself or in my life is much harder, whereas I can look at someone and almost help them. Yep. Well, how can I bridge that gap and? How can it fix me? The only chance you have is to do exactly what that statement of Marlon Howe said. When stress hits the system, pathology overrides theology every time, unless you're what? Deeply committed to truth. And when you are not deeply committed to truth, you end up doing exactly what you said a little while ago. It just doesn't feel right, and therefore you back off. One of the favorite examples that uh, Dr. Howe used, and I, I think it's still excellent, when we are going up against a change in our life, you will be just like Chuck Yeager when he was getting ready to go through the sound barrier. He would approach the sound barrier, the plane would start shaking violently, and then he'd back off and they'd go down and tune the wings and do some different things. And finally, he got to the place where that plane was just shaking and shaking and shaking. He just pushed the throttle forward, more, more fuel to the, to the engine, and pushed right on through it. And what happened to the plane? Smooth. That's what we miss that's happening in our lives. Don't ever assume that change in your life is going to go easy. It typically is going to be just like going through the sound barrier. There's going to be lots of shaking that's going on in this system of yours, individually and with your husband, with your wife, with your children, with your extended family, with your coworkers. Anytime you start making change, those are the times that you're going to start see the system start working against you. Your own system, your own feelings are going to start going, don't 
go through that. Don't push it forward. You're going to die. And that makes all the sense in the world because we do know that uncomfortability creates change. So if I'm actually trying to do change, then it's going to be uncomfortable. There is going to be those times it's definitely going to be uncomfortable. And I punch through that barrier and there it is. So then my question becomes this, because what Steph was saying, in Christianity, we tend to validate ourselves by how much of the word we know, not by how we are transformed by that word. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just the very small part of the uh, Ezekiel 33, 31 says, with their mouth, they show much love, you know, but in their hearts, they are pursuing their own gain because they are listening to you, but they're not doing it. That's what we do. We don't pay attention enough to God's word to apply it to ourselves, and then finally get transformed when we serve others through the energy of the Holy Spirit in our life. Thank you, Herman. And thank you to our listeners. Thank you to everyone for their prayerful support of this ministry. Because you're already listening, we know that you care. And you're looking for that transformation, and together we're breaking barriers. This is Great Relationships, grnumulatrelationships.com. Hey, Bill, good to see you. What? I said, hey, Bill, good to see you. No, that's not what I meant. I know what you said. I just don't understand why you're talking that way. What way, Bill? Like you're some kind of cartoon superhero. Oh, you mean my happy voice. I'm trying to make myself happy. You mean you're not happy? No, I'm really very sad. You don't sound sad. Exactly. By using my happy voice, I'm able to sound happy until my feelings catch up with my voice. It looks like it's it's working. I I think I'll give it a try. <laughs> How's this? Maybe we should interview for a job on AM radio. Join us next week when Herman invites you to improve your outlook by changing your thinking. You might even get to talk like a superhero. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.